how much you paid for that relationship with Mike. So $50,000. Bam. Knowing that I'm someone that's very competitive, I had to challenge myself and I had to see a company and pick a couple names and say, I'm going to destroy you because that's what motivates me every day. So I have a couple, a list and I like a lot of these people, but I have a list and it's like when Kobe had that hit list, I have a list where I'm like, I know your numbers for last year. Trust me, it's coming soon. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Let It Up podcast. If you're new to this channel and you want to know everything there is about making money in real estate, selling, sales skills, building your business, or investing, then subscribe below. Tap the bell for notifications so you can be the first to know what makes our great guests so successful. Let's talk about adding leverage. So we've been getting a lot of calls of people asking us how we've hired virtual assistants to scale and leverage our business. So we've opened up our playbook to all of you. If you're looking to add leverage in your business, whether it's administrative support, ISA outbound callers, go to adleverage.com and they'll be there to help you staffing your team. All right, here we go again with another agent out of our own market, Justin Torres out of Hoboken, New Jersey. Can I say Hoboken? Well, downtown Jersey City. Downtown. Where, where's Jersey. your office now? I say downtown. Weehawken. Weehawken. Because you just made a move, right? Close enough. I did just make a big move. All right. We're going to talk about that, too. That, made... that must have been a tough move. Yeah, I'm very curious to know about that. Yeah. Movie. He's like, shit, I didn't want to talk about that. <laughs> He's like, that's He's like, thing. Uh, He's like, no, All right. Anything We're but starting that. off with a bang. Okay. Boom, boom. <laughs> I didn't no, get like, any notice about, about that, it. but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. It's on the internet, man. You got you to gotta research these, uh, these no. guests. <laughs> nah, I saw, I saw your girl posting. We good. All right. Don't bother me. Go for it. All right. Let's do the lightning round. Let's do it. Audio jungle. What yep, is a mistake people often make about you? Hmm. Oh, man. You guys are getting me thinking already. I think a mistake that most people make about me is, yeah, at least in the business aspect, how serious I can be because I don't talk to many people in the business. So when it comes to personal, I tend to be very expressive, as they say. But in a business aspect, I just want to get work done. That's all. I like that. Okay. All right. Uh, what's the first thing you remember buying with your own money? The Porsche, the BMW, the house. A lot of expenses that are separate and aside from the house that I shouldn't have gotten. But <laughs> the house is important. <laughs> yeah. Where did you buy the house? In Linhurst. Oh, nice. Good for yeah. you, man. What's the worst job you've ever had? Ah, oh, man. I don't want to hit them, but I'd probably say a moving company because that is no joke. I mean, we were up at three in the three? morning. Three in the morning. Had to be in the warehouse by four to be in Brooklyn from 8 to 7 p.m., 8 to 8 p.m. Wow. Yeah. It was definitely the most brutal in my body. So as Mike Ferry would say, you get to sit now in that air-conditioned, cushy office put on a nice suit, and all you have to do is, is make calls. Hmm. Not so bad. Smile and dial, that's it. <laughs> Hit it. You got another one? Yep. What's your worst habit? I probably say my worst habit at times could be focusing on myself too much. Um, I feel like being present is absent nowadays, so at times I, I try to repeat myself at least this year. Am I listening to listen or am I listening to be heard? Because especially in a relationship aspect or anything like that, 
there comes a point even in a business where in order to have a certain level of empathy, you have to genuinely understand someone's concern. And when I'm just thinking, all right, how do I handle this? Or in a relationship aspect, how do I get over this? It's not conducive to anything healthy. Yeah. To be understood, you have to first seek to understand that makes a lot of sense. We should turn this into a relationship show. Imagine. All right. On that note, last question here. Who's someone you really admire? Oh, you guys know that. Big man. There's a man the, right here. The big man. Where is he? He's over there. Yeah. That man has changed my life. Mike Ferry has probably been the best grandfather example of my life because we've spoken daily and he tells me what I need to hear, what I don't like all the time. Probably 10% of the time he tells me what I want to hear. But separate and aside from that, when you have a figure like that that you respect so much and you, you hold to a high regard, you understand that without humility, there's no growth. So if, I'm, if I can't center myself and I feel like at my age group, I'm doing well, once he brings me, once he brings me down and, and really talks to me, it helps a ton in understanding. So both Mike and Patrick but David, I'd say, have been the biggest influence. Mike on a personal level, Patrick but David strictly on a social media level. And now I think that's something else I wanted to jump into too. You now are coaching directly with Mike. And are, are you still doing that? No. So I had six months with Mike. Six mm. months with Mike. You write a big check. And can we get six months with Mike every day? And let's talk about how much you paid for that relationship with Mike. $50,000. Bam. Now I want people yeah. to understand that you can coach with Mike for what? In the Mike Ferry program, I think Premier is like twelve fifty a month, mm. right? Yeah, twelve fifty a month, and I think one on one is a thousand or something like that. Twelve fifty a month. So quick math, what is that? Fifteen, 15 grand, a grand a year. Let's say fifteen thousand. So you decided that that wasn't enough, and you wanted to pay fifty thousand five zero for six months with Mike. Yeah. But instead of uh, one, you know, one call a week for a half hour, you do. Mm -hmm. What is it, a call every day? Or you did a call every day? Yeah, so you get a call every day from him. From the big Anywhere man. Anywhere from like 9 to 10.30. And the reason why everyone asked me, Justin, why would you drop $50,000 on that? And I think my biggest thing is I understood I had to pay to play. So I knew that if I want to expedite any learning curve, expedite the learning process, especially at my age, if I want results that people at 40 years old typically achieve or 35, I have to pay to be with a different association. So with that 50,000 came an association to better agents and to people that felt like it was normal and commonplace to make a certain level of money. So I wasn't having conversations with someone making $25 an hour. <laughs> exactly. I'm having conversations with people that actually motivate me. And at times it's very easy to get have like limiting beliefs. Yep. So I, that $50,000 really just rip that all out yeah because i think a lot of times people i just think back about some of the best coaches i've ever had right mm -hmm. and i think the most i've ever paid on a monthly basis for one coach is two grand and don't get me wrong i mean you know i probably would have paid at the time three to four thousand for that coach because they just were worth it it's even hard to put a number on it like yeah. who's to say that it wasn't worth ten thousand a month but what i think people don't realize is a you're paying for that accountability you're paying for that access you're paying for that uh, mindset shift. But I think on top of that, the access it gives you to the other people is exponential. You can't put a price tag on that. You know, the fact no. that, you know, very few people have paid that amount to have that exposure to Mike. Mike now is going to put you in a certain class of 
agents and people that you, you really can't put a price on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, so he, you know, he sort of puts you on the map with other agents. Yeah. What was the biggest takeaway you took from those six months and like how big of a difference did it make on your business after? Well, it was mindset, what John said. And it was probably one thing Mike told me was he said, we have to perfect and understand that your job every day is to prospect, go on appointments. And separate and aside from that, don't focus on anything else, but don't always associate your daily activities. One thing he told me, he said, infatuate over your daily activities because everything else will take care of itself. So when he said that, I was like, wow, I could call, I could set an appointment and business still may not come out of that appointment, but it's okay because it's life. Mm-hmm. So as so long as that, that I infatuate over that daily activity, my job is to do this. My job is to do this and get signatures. Once I've realized the severity of my job, I mean, it was night and day. And then to answer the question about how much my business changed, it's actually, it's interesting. I did nothing for three months. I felt like that paradigm shift that he completely shifted me entirely from what I was thinking before. Because what's interesting is after reading and speaking with a different association of people, I found that I have to identify at 20 or 22, if I identify as a 22-year-old, my results are going to be complementary to a 22-year-old. Mm-hmm. If I identify myself with someone on the mindset of a caliber like you guys, 40, or someone who's doing well with themselves, my results will change. So I thought I could live life freely. I can go out when I wanted to. I could have fun when I wanted to. And realistically, my schedule wasn't segmented, and I didn't find importance in it until Mike slapped me in the mouth 15, 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> And that was the second time I feel like you referenced my age. So uh, are you trying to, you know, just make me feel a lot older or is that? I'm going to just cut straight to the point here. You're old. <laughs> yeah, sweet, All right. How got, are you? I got nothing on that. <laughs> How were you introduced to Mike? So when I first got into the business, my previous broker, I was day one in the business and he tapped me on the shoulder and he gave me a sheet. He was like, Justin, I'm going to be on a retreat. You're going to call these numbers. I'll get back in four days. And then we'll talk about how your calls went. And I said, okay, what retreat are you going to? And he told me, well, I'm going to my ferry retreat. And I said, well, should I go? And he said, well, you're going to have to pay for it, but maybe you can consider, I don't know where your expenses are. So what's interesting is I knew before I got into real estate, I saved 10 grand. And I said, I have to find a way to make this work because I told both of my parents that I'm leaving school forever. So Mm -hmm. I went to that retreat and it wasn't Mike Ferry wasn't there. It was another one of his coaches, Ira. And I paid the $490 and I felt like there was an intuition when I saw Ira speak. It was like a light bulb flashed and there was only two things, two times that's happened to me in my life. Number one, when I first signed up for coaching and the second, when I paid Mike 50,000 and it was interesting because not, I went not to when first... you proposed to your wife or anything, your fiance. That's what you're no. supposed to say. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was there, expecting that to be. There was not a third light bulb. <laughs> well, you know, we could edit this and we could throw that third light bulb. But I'm being real here. <laughs> you, you may have to, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, don't jump worry about it. So the second time was when you you paid Mike. Exactly. So the f- tracing back to the first time, I ended up going to the retreat with my broker, my third day in the business, and I was like. I have to sign up for this thing, but I don't have the money. And I knew my parents were pissed off that I just left college. Mm-hmm. Like my dream was to play college baseball. 
I got there. I'm playing college baseball. And then I said, ah, I don't like this. <laughs> so they weren't too happy. So I didn't want to tell them about this coaching. So I just decided to sign up for coaching. And that's how I learned about Mike. I started reading more about him. And I was like, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. And that was, that was where it started. Yeah. My connection to Mike was that I just realized the top agents in our market yeah. were all coached by Mike at one point or another, right? Like back then it was like the, the Patrick, the Michael Klein, and Soha back then was, I think, Soha, coaching yeah. and Jill and all those people. And, and I was like, well, shit, what are they doing? And I said, I'm just going to do the same exact thing. So I went and I, I actually flew out to Chicago and I signed up like first day, like an hour into the event because I just it just made sense to me. And I didn't, it was blind faith, blind mm. faith though. I was like, these guys make money. They're good at what they do. They're damn good at what they do. And if it works for them, it's going to work for me. Yeah. But if you don't trust yourself, think about it. I always thought to myself, if I can't put money in myself and I can't trust my word, how in the world is a seller going to trust me ever? Yeah. So I had to understand that when Justin says something or Justin feels something, he's going to act on it. Mm -hmm. Because that's the standard I set for myself. And if I don't do that, there's no way a seller's going to ever believe me when I try to pitch them on or, or ever try to represent them on a sale. But I didn't even know what the top agents were. Yeah, I was 20 years old. I was like, hey. How old are you I, now? 25. 25. Nice, man. You know, it's interesting because there's so many agents. You know, uh, most people your age, I'll say, that are new to the business or even a few years into the business mm -hmm. think that they're going to create this sphere or this this database through instagram and TikTok, dance a certain way and you know point to shit that you know realtors do and consume their time you know we've all watched it i've even done a few of them myself just just for fun but <laughs> but that's what most people think like how did you shift your mindset or how did you go you know against the grain and figure out that you know you were to do something different well because of mike yeah. Mike told me to steer away from it. But to be honest, if it wasn't for my fiance, I wouldn't have anything posted on Instagram. Yeah. For me, I don't see the value in it. Now, I, I do understand we could, reach, we could reach a big audience, but how much of that audience is the consumer? So my focus was how can I get in front of sellers? And when I was playing baseball, there was a, one of the coaches came out to me and he said, Justin, you have to understand the difference between the extraordinary and the ordinary is they do the extra the, the ordinary just a little bit extra mm -hmm. yeah so gravitated were agents like bernie gallerini yeah or like agents that were producing at a high level and i said wait a minute here they're making all these calls and their website looks basic eh, yeah like it's like eh. yeah so wait a minute all i have to do is make calls and my website can look ah eh. <laughs> i'm gonna go there <laughs> yeah yeah no, that's a good point. The, going into some of the things, like you were talking about infatuating over the schedule was one of the things you learned with Mike. What does your schedule look like today? Yes. So it's 4.45, wake up, gym, immediately from 5 to 6, I'm working out. That's my little personal space. From 6 to 7, I'm getting ready. So role play for my first role plays at 7. 7.30, I'm on the phone. 7.30 to 12, I'm on the phone, and that's it. I have an idea of what you're doing on the phone, but for someone who's not, you know, uh, so prospecting focused, talk to us about the 7.30 to 12. Are you calling, what are your lead sources? What's your strategy? Uh, what's your goal for contacts? That sort of thing. Yes. So I'm calling expired, FISBO, cancel, withdrawn. Just listed, just sold was a big source for me. Probate, I added. Absentee is another source. 
that I just recently added. And I'm really just focusing on trying to build that database now because now the, I have the past clients to support the database. So hmm. the sphere was a tr tricky thing for me. And for those that don't know, a sphere is people that, you know, but when I was asking, when I was speaking to Mike, I was like, Mike, my sphere consists of younger people. Who don't own real estate. Who don't know how to spell real estate. Yeah. So he wanted me to focus really on, okay, Justin, you sold these houses. How can you extract more people from their, their database? Yeah. Who do they know? You've already built rapport with that person. So now adopt some of their siblings, adopt their cousin because they love you. And I was like, wow. So that's what I'm doing from 7.30 to 12. It's really just what I told a couple of agents because a couple of agents in the office came up to me and I said, when you start in the business, focus on developing a callus because I try to relate everything to baseball. And in baseball, I had a coach that would make me swing pipes. He would throw my bats and he would say, you're going to take this pipe. And I was like, and for 400 swings, you're I was playing baseball in pipe. Patterson or what? <laughs> I was playing in Union City. <laughs> He's so like, hey, hey, you swing this bat. <laughs> well, he was just like that. <laughs> so what was interesting is, well, I started developing these calluses, and it was just hardened skin. But before I was developing it, my hands would bleed, mm. and I would wake up at 15 years old, and I wouldn't be able to close my hands in the morning. What was funny was once I got over that and the callus formed, I was able to swing that pipe all day long. Yeah. So I said with real estate, if I build a callus in my brain, and I get over these rejections, I could listen to them all day. Let's prospect for six hours. Yeah. Let's do seven hours. Eventually, it's the numbers game, and I'm going to make money. And you become numb to it. Numb to it. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people who are trying to even dabble in prospecting are like, well, even an hour a day must be, you know, it's probably pretty grueling for them, right? You know? It is. And I know, I know back in the day, Kiro and I would sometimes do like all day on Friday. Yeah, I would become delirious. I mean, those we we would like call literally from like eight a.m. to seven p.m. on a Friday, and I don't even remember what our goal was. But but dude, even was, going that, back, like we had so we had a, a VA system where we would have virtual assistants calling out leads, and then we would just nurture them. Those calls were a completely different thing because they want to talk about real estate, so you weren't getting rejected from those nurture calls. So we did that for like maybe three years. It was an awesome system. And then literally when having to go back to canceled expireds and for sale by owners and then just this is just sold, I realized that my callus went away and I had to redevelop that yeah. early in 2023. And I was just like, why am I overthinking this? And I was just like, all right, I got to go into it. And then after a couple of people cursing you out and you're like, that was actually pretty funny. I had one guy, no joke. I really want to put his number out there. He was like, why you call me? This is illegal. This is illegal, my friend. And I'm like, is it really? Tell me more. Kiro does the um, Egyptian accent for, for everybody, any, yeah. uh, any race, any, uh, in any impersonation. But it was, it was just like such a big eye opener. That I was just like, wow, I, that callus. You have to, if you don't keep doing it, you're gonna lose it, even though you've been doing it for so long. Yeah. Like, I got so used to those nurture calls that we didn't have to do any of the cold calls. And then doing those, I was just like, all right. After a couple of repetitions, I was like, this is actually really fun again. And then that, yeah. that callus grows into like enjoyment, truly out of it. Everything. Yeah. There's enjoyment and then there's like um, competitiveness and we're like somebody, you know, you're, you're like almost like, remember like Ava back in the day, she'd yeah. be like, you're itching for them to give you an objection. Yeah. You're like, oh, I know what they're going to say next. And then as soon as they say it, you're like, great question and blah, 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 you know, and you just handle the objection. So I, I think it becomes like, um, you know, it almost goes from like frustrating to competitive to, to numb. 
I think, and then ultimately, once you can connect the dots between the prospecting that you're doing and the, and the money that you're making, that's when, you know, it's a, just a game changer. You start yeah, saying, yeah. hold on a second. I called that guy three times. His house expired yesterday. I called him right away. He hung up on me. I called him in the afternoon. He gave me some attention. The next day, I set the appointment. And then the day after, he signed a listing agreement. So I talked to him three or four times, and I'm going to make twelve grand if I price it right. Yeah. Hold on a sec. So that, those it was four three thousand dollar phone calls right and it sells in one weekend yeah and i'm bitching about sitting in an air-conditioned office making <laughs> phone calls yeah you're not going to find that on tiktok walk us through so i want to know about this but we'll rush through it because i want to know more about the activities so you said you were introduced to real estate you're working in a restaurant that's how you found real estate how did that come about yeah so this is where i, I actually built the love for customer service hmm. because in the restaurant, i was in a fine dining restaurant and i worked with ocean prime absolutely amazing experience it was in midtown and what i understood was when i was working in the restaurant i didn't really have a job i don't know what my job was it was more like at first i was supposed to be a doorman but i was so excited that i was like listen i'll just be the best doorman in the city i promise you that i can see you being a good doorman yeah because i'm gonna smile i'm gonna you guys are gonna know me day in and day out because i'm gonna my goal was this on a daily basis i knew i had to get you to smile, I had to get you to laugh, and then I had to get you to talk about yourself mm. because I was winning every conversation when I did that. So once I implemented that daily, I started building customers, and I really wasn't serving. I was just walking around and talking to people. I was supposed to be seating tables, but I wasn't doing any of that. And the manager liked because the people were getting good results. Yeah. People would come up to a manager and was like, who's that new manager you hired? The kid's incredible. Yeah, And he was like, he's not a manager. He's like 10 years old, but hey. <laughs> so what's interesting is once I started building that relationship, one of the customers came up to me and said, Justin, I'm going to give you a piece of advice. I just sold my apartment and there's this guy named Luis Ortiz that sold it. Mm. And I said, what is this, racial? She said, <laughs> she said I hey, said, wait a minute. Is this because I'm Latino? So I started doing the one-two step on her. And she was like, no, Justin, listen to me. I'm successful. I know what I'm doing. He sold it, and you need to research him. Maybe you should get into real estate. So I researched the guy, and he did like $90 million in real estate. And then I found out he was a million-dollar listing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, wow, if this guy could do it, I definitely could do it. How much does it cost? It was like 450 bucks to get a license. I don't know how much it was. And strictly because that one person told me to get into real estate, I got into real estate. Mm. That's awesome. And I always yeah, tell people like – you know, I'm, I'm always looking for like agents on our team, agents to add, to add to our team or people that we could add to our company. And it's funny, some of the best people you you meet are, you know, coming out of the hospitality industry. Right. Because it, it's I mean, the best realtors are people who can jug, juggle uh, a million different things at once. Right. Put out fires, figure out, you know, they can work in a restaurant that's got utter chaos. You know, all the things that go on in a restaurant. Um, I was fired when I worked in the restaurant, so <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I couldn't Did tell you job. all those things. Yeah. No, I was fired because when I opened the bottle of wine, it made mm. a pop noise, and uh, apparently that's not allowed. So, um, oh, wow. you have I to take it out in such a fashion that the it makes yeah. no noise, which uh, which I'm not very good well. at. Presented well, yeah. So customer service, no bueno. <laughs> <laughs> but on that vein, so like think about this. Because your your previous broker was a like one of the ones I think that is like a great individual who actually coaches his office like a Mike Ferry office. Yeah. Because you can see a lot of your skills were probably definitely hibernated or built in that environment for sure. Well, he's the one who introduced him to Mike. Yeah, true. 
What made you want to switch over to Prominent Properties? Well, my previous brokerage was incredible. He's the byproduct of my relationship to Mike. Yeah. And I never talked bad about him, but I, I also understood that there was an association factor that I was starting to get in my business. And I felt like I paid for Mike because of association. I now have access to an agent that closes 120 homes in, in Vegas, someone that does 150 homes in Georgia. But my association in my home, meaning at the brokerage, was still not there. Mm-hmm. So knowing that I'm someone that's very competitive, I had to challenge myself and I had to see a company and pick a couple names and say, I'm going to destroy you <laughs> because that's what motivates me every day. So I have a couple, a list and I like a lot of these people, but I have a list and it's like when Kobe had that hit list, Yeah, I have a list where I'm like, I know your numbers for last year. Trust me, it's coming soon. And for me, that's what drives me because what I would tell some of the younger guys is I would say if your only motivation in this business is money, once you save a hundred grand, yeah. your motivation will slowly start to dwindle. You'll mm-hmm. show up to the office at 10 a.m. You'll show up at 11 a.m. You got a nice car. And then all of a sudden that income starts to fade and then you have to build back up. So I built my motivation around a core group of people. I have a core eight in my family that I have. To, my goal is to make sure I take care of every expense of theirs. But then I also put my motivation around competing with somebody else. Hmm. So it's, I'm going to compete against you. We're one-on-one. Let's do this. It's lonely at the top, but I'd rather be lonely at the top than be at the bottom, sociable with nothing. My bank account. If you want different results, don't be like everybody else. You can't be like your friends. You slowly have to disassociate yourself with inadequate activity, inadequate habits, because instead of going to grab a drink at a bar, maybe you could pick up a book and sit down, read by yourself, because you're going to learn more from this than you are from that inadequate activity or that ridiculous activity of going out with my friends every day.